Okay, so the first thing I want to know is what does freedom mean? You'll have an idea what freedom means. What does it mean? Okay, there you go. Choice. That's a good way to start it out. Okay. Um, not bound necessarily. I, I see what you're trying to say. I don't know if I spelled that right, but either way. All right. Anything else? So it's not a big deal if we take it away then? <laughs> Is that <laughs> a big deal? Okay. Why? Why is it a big deal? Okay. All right, so freedom costs something, right? Freedom costs. It's not free, freedom costs something. Free, Ugh, man. Freedom is, would you say it's costly to have freedom or just say it costs something? Yeah? And it costs something. Cost something, okay. Cost something. I suppose what kind of freedom it is. So you can walk in uh, and go into the candy bar aisle and you have the freedom to choose between a Butterfinger and a Charleston Chew. Who would ever choose that? I don't know. But, <laughs> but you can choose it if you want, right? To gag, you can, <laughs> you can choose it. Um, so I guess that's, you know, there is freedom in that. I go and I have choice. I can go to a donut shop, go to Tim Hortons or something, or Paula's even, right? Paula's Donuts. And I can get a whole bunch of choices. Now, what if they only make one kind of donut? Then you don't you really go have a choice. You go somewhere else. You can choose to leave. Okay. All right. Because we in America, particularly you guys and, and my uh, generation, have never really fought a war for our freedom on our soil. We have fought in other countries. We have sent our troops, our brothers and sisters and and mothers and fathers and aunts and uncles, etc., to other places, but we have not fought here on our soil. Okay? It's been a very long time since we fought on our soil. So it helps the closer you are to those things. They say that freedom is one generation away from being lost. 
the question is, will you be the last freedom generation with freedom? Sure. <laughs> Hope, not. Hope not, right? Right. So the idea is, you give it up. You don't fight for it. It's gone. I would never take that chance. Okay. Well. Well, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, it's one generation away from being lost. I would say in our American culture, it's pretty important. Pretty important for us. We think it's important, right? Mostly. All right. So, it costs something. What should you do with it when you have it? Okay. Be a little more... Don't, yeah, don't, don't, uh, what's it called? Don't be don't, stupid. Don't, like, yeah, don't be stupid. Okay, but give me, give me some more, give me an example of something. I told if the president used his freedom and right of powers, which is still the same like that, it's like if the president used his power just to start a new one, the cabinet sort of like what you're saying, the freedom thing, like, use it wisely, Okay, all right, so if you abuse what you have, whether you're the president or not, okay, you abuse something. In other words, the privilege. You, you have a privilege, um, maybe you hurt others through it. That could be something. All right, what else? Take what you can get and don't try to stretch it. Okay. All right, so use it to the fullest. But not abusing it, okay. Your American freedom. What are you, what, what are you supposed to do with that? No. No, not really, whatever. <laughs> like, being technical-wise, like... Okay, so you have you have a, a bill of rights and do and doing that. So how do you keep those things? Okay, and how how do you fight bureaucrats? How do you do that? Do you go up and punch them? <laughs> but I'm guessing that that probably doesn't help you keep your. <laughs> you then probably go to jail or something, right? Yeah. Punch them. And then you lose your freedom. All right. <laughs> yeah, and thankfully you can only have a few rights left that you can have. If you don't like you know, you know, So how about you don't like a guy, you vote, right? Isn't that like one of the things? Voting, voting, that's a good one, okay. Voting, which is, like you said, using your freedom to its fullest and saying, I don't agree with that. I want, and don't be stupid. <laughs> okay. Well, but that, that comes out of, correct, there's that electoral college comes out of the choice that people make. Now, there's a lot of things involved with it, yes, but ultimately, it's still important to exercise your vote because if you don't, then then you definitely don't have any 
say in it, in the whole process, okay? So freedom in general is a pretty important thing, all right? Pretty important for us to know. So here's the thing, is, are you guaranteed freedom from your government through God? Nope. The Bible does not say your government is required to give you freedom. Yeah, some places still have slaves. They do. Does the Bible say that freedom is a good thing? No. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Remember the Israelites? They were slaves for 400 years, right? But God gave them freedom through Moses to be an independent nation. And what did they do with that freedom? Yeah. They really... Yeah, they complained. They got their freedom. They complained. They said, I want to go back. I want to do this. And then they finally got... They had leaders... And they fell away from God and decided to do the wrong thing again. And then they whined and cried because they wanted kings instead of leaders, instead of judges. So God finally said, I will give you a king. But he wasn't a very good king. And then God showed them through, the, through King David what a good king was like. Because he gave him Saul first and then Saul was taken out and David was put into place for him, all right? So once David gets involved, they see what a good king is. Now, do they have freedom? Sure, there's freedom in any levels of freedom, okay? You may not live in a democracy or a representative democracy or a republic or whatever, but you still may be able to choose a candy bar, Charleston Chew or, okay, Butterfinger. Maybe score or Butterfinger is a better choice. Two good choices, right? So you still have pieces of freedom because the Bible is written for people around the entire world and throughout generations. So they have lived in times and places where freedom was not something that they had. And Paul talked about being content where you were. Okay? Whether you were free or slave. Because in his society, at his time of his life, there were slaves. And in most societies throughout the world, in history, there were slaves. There were. There were. Now, I'm not saying slavery is a good thing. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying history is what it is. Okay? But the Bible and God transcends over all of mankind's choices. Slavery comes about because of mankind's choices. Right? Loss of freedom comes about because of mankind's choices. Whether it's a leader or a person that gives up their freedom, okay, comes about because of that choice. Like in war, when someone surrenders, like if one person surrenders and they're taken hostage. Right, right. So we're going to talk a little bit about freedom. What does freedom really mean as a Christian? 
there, like I said, there's freedoms you can have even if you don't live in a society with freedoms. There's still freedoms, okay? And we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit here. Let's turn to Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5, written by Paul. <clears throat> to the, the church is throughout an area called Galatia, okay? It's not a city of Galatia, but it's a whole area of Galatia, okay? So the Galatian people. And he is talking about some very interesting things. Let's start off with verse number 13 and 14, please. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Alright, so we're using the word liberty. That's what it's translated there. Liberty just simply means freedom, right? We have a statue of liberty or a statue of freedom that stands in the harbor of New York, okay? And what he says here is the very first thing about your freedom. Just like you said, don't abuse it, don't be stupid, okay? Don't, don't use it to its fullest, but do good things with it. And what is your freedom allowing you to do? It says it right there. Serve one another. Serve one another. So if you are given a choice of freedom within Christ's realm and within his family, what he expects you to do is do the nice thing for the next person. All right? So I'm sure, I'm sure this is what happens at home for those of you who may have brothers or sisters, mothers, fathers, when they say, boy, I'm thirsty, you say, oh, let me get a drink for you. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm positive of that because you want to serve the people around you. And if you do it begrudgingly, that's really not serving, right? That's really not. So how many of you have ever had a bad waiter or waitress? Have you ever had one that just doesn't seem interested to wait on your table? I one time. Bad waiters and waitresses. We one time had uh, at a local small pizza place, which shall remain unnamed. My <laughs> we went and we sat down to eat. This was back some time ago. And it was just my wife and I. So we were on a date. Not much was going right on that date up to this point. And this continued the streak, okay? 
after that. So we were going to stop and get pizza, and so we quickly said, we're going to order. We walked in, there was one family in one booth, and I think there were two servers. The one server was taking care of that one side, and then we had this young man who was about college age, and we went and sat down, and bang, we were ready to order, because we were going to try to go see a movie at a movie place just down the road. So we waited about 15 minutes for him as he hung out in the back. In the back. We could see him. Now, we weren't really sure if he was the, the guy that was supposed to serve us, but come to find out, he was. And he eventually came over to get our order after about 15 minutes. And we had probably 45 minutes to eat and be at the movie theater, which was enough time, we thought, at the place where we were at. So when we got there, when he got there, he took our order and he went back. And meanwhile, two or three lovely college girls walked in and sat down on his side. And he came right up to their table, talked with them, laughed with them, took their order, went back and put their order in. Their order came out, ours did not. And we waited, and we waited. I went up to the front saying, hey, so we're probably at 25 minutes now. We're looking for our order because we need it to go pretty quickly. Oh yeah, yeah I'll get it right to you. 15 minutes later, nothing. He's talking with the girls. Probably about 40 minutes into our wait. He brings the pizza out, sets it down on the table, cuts it, puts a slice. We eat one slice, stand up and said, don't go anywhere. We want to pay. But he saunters off. Go. So we finally get somebody else to pay, and it was really bad service. He was just not interested in serving us because we were not college girls, apparently. <laughs> I guess that was the, the key to this whole story. Um, poor service, not interested in serving somebody. And it's really not fun to have somebody that's not interested in serving you. If you're going to have a good attitude about serving somebody, it's going to be a much better experience for that person. All right? So much of what this freedom is in serving one another comes out in your attitude. And your attitude comes from something deeper. But how many of you have said, I just don't feel like having a good attitude today? Look at that. Plenty of days like that. I just don't feel like it, right? I can't be nice. I don't want to be nice today. There's nothing inside of me that says I want to be nice, all right? We're going to talk about that problem 
That's the problem that we're going to get the, to the heart of in this series. All right. So you have a freedom as a person that, that believes in Christ. And what Christ says is, with that freedom, serve one another. Help another person. Go help them out do something. It's not just about getting them drinks and food, okay? But it is about having that attitude where you're helpful towards them. You're kind towards them. You do things that you, that you would want done to you, right? Just like you would want done to you. All right, so, and that's where he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Help that person like you would want yourself treated. All right, verse number 15, please. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one another. Wow. Don't eat each other. Okay, <laughs> there's a Bible verse that says it right there. Don't eat each other. All right. So what is it really talking about? Is this like uh, one of the birds that the first one is born and the rest of them push the eggs out of the nest, right? Or they actually peck the other baby birds to death? Or there's, there's some nasty things that happen in a bird's nest. Yeah, like um, how the cow bird would be born earlier before the other ones and it would eat more than the others and it would grow big enough so that it would actually knock all the other eggs out and that's on purpose. There you go. There are many of those things, including the cowbird, okay? Apparently that does that. So don't eat one another. Now this is this is so appropriate for our society today. Right? Because what do they do to each other? Now I don't mean eating their bodies this is not cannibalism okay but there is a form of something that is even more grotesque than that okay there is the fact that people would turn on each other within families yeah, within there's households there's societies okay Right, right, right. There are, and this, right, this society is filled with that kind of stuff. And then you go and you look and you see what people are doing. What do they do? What do they do in New York City when they protested, right? And then they broke all the windows and stole everything, right? They, yes. So they are. Don't you think that those businesses, they were legitimate businesses, most of them, right? They had money that they had spent to put those products on the shelf and they were going to get some percentage back when you went and bought it from them. So you stole from them when you did that. But no one cared. Everyone felt like they owe me this. If I get it, it's all right. Because as long as I am the one that survives this all, then I'm better off for it. I can go sell it on eBay or whatever. Yeah, okay. I think people don't go out 
They, I can sell whatever I want of those people's stuff, just take it. That is the attitude of devouring one another. I don't care what it costs you because I want it, okay? I'm going to devour you, your things, your stuff. I'm going to take everything I can get from you. I'm going to eat you up and, and I'm going to treat you poorly, okay? So, when you have freedom, and you are talking about those things, devouring another person is a poor thing to do, right? Taking away someone's freedom is a poor thing to do, right? So we gotta work on attitudes like that, and we're gonna go on to verse number 16 and number 17. Please, if you would. Alright, so here is your two ways of living. Walk in the spirit or walk in the flesh. Those are your two ways of living. And with those two ways of living, you are going to have to make a choice what you want out of this life. You are going to have to decide what you want to live like. But know this, it's not going to go easy and it's not going to go without a battle. If you choose to say, I want to follow Christ, I want to walk in the Spirit, your flesh will not give up easily. Not at all. That last part of the last verse that we just read says that there will be a battle. You will do the things you don't want to do. There will be a battle. So you will live in a battle inside of your body when you choose to do this. Right? If you choose freedom, you choose to serve one another, you choose to do the right things, all right, then in that battle, there'll, there'll be, in that choice, there's going to be a battle, a big battle. All right? So what is that going to look like? All right? Well, it's going to look like this. I want to try to do the right thing. And yet, I'm, I'm going to fail at it often. 
I'm gonna, and, and temptation does not take you down, but the choice and the appeal of the temptation to your flesh can. And you say, okay, I will. All right? And everybody here has a different temptation. We all have something that tempts us. We all have something that gets us off track, something that easily takes us, whether it be all in our mind, the battle that we have in our mind, whether it be through our words, okay, whether it be through our eyes, what we look at, watch, read, whatever it is, okay, there's a battle. And God wants you in that battle to learn to take the flesh out. But it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. You could say, I really want to get rid of this sin. And you may sincerely want to do it. But it may not come easily away from you. Jesus talked about spirits and he said there were there were evil spirits that he drove out of people, okay? And there was one that he talked about in particular that said that type of evil spirit does not come out easily but by prayer and fasting, okay? In other words, you can't just say I want this gone and it and it drops away. Sometimes there are some that have deep footholds in the person of who you are. And you may not even know why they're there. You may not know why you have a tendency to do this. Okay? You may have no idea why. But you have to know that the battle might be long and hard, but it is worth it to get to the point of, of walking in the Spirit. It's worth it to get there. You don't know all that is there. All right, verse number 18. All right, so here's the thing. Here's the interesting word. In the Old Testament, it talks about being under the law. It gives a whole big series of things that happens. Here's what you have to do. Here's the things you have to follow. You have to do sacrifices. You have to do all of these things. All right. And when you become a Christian, when you accept Christ as your Savior, you're no longer under the law. So how do you know what's right? Okay, so there's something inside called your conscience. Near the temple. Okay, and your conscience, like anything, like anything, your conscience can be ignored enough that it stops doing what, what it needs to do. There's a physical, yes, there's a physical piece inside of your brain that does connect things. It's probably more of an electrochemical piece, right? So there's chemicals that happen 
and then you say, oh, I feel bad when I do that. But if you do it for long enough, you don't feel bad. Because you can train your brain to do all kinds of things, to ignore things, to not feel it anymore. Okay? If you want to eat six pizzas every meal, full pizzas, sit down. Okay? That's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. But the first time you did it, you'd be like, oh, I can't even make it through it. But if you continue to do it every single time and keep aiming for the goal, I'm going to get six pizzas every time I sit down at a meal. Okay? Every time you do it, when you do that, you're going to slowly build up the ability to do it. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen in a month that you can do that, but some people might be determined enough to do that, okay? You'll make it so you don't feel what you felt the first time. You won't feel that anymore. Your body will allow you to do things to it, even not good things after a while, if you continue to do it, all right? Anything with sin. I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. So if you name, if you continue to do it, it will build, we'll say, an immunity to the feeling. Immunity to that feeling. All right. So if you're not under the law, then what happens? It says you're not there where you get your aim is you are led by the spirit. So, how do you hear him? Have you ever heard him? Do you want to even hear him? How do you know you're being led by the Spirit? How do you know that you didn't get off track? It takes work, consistency, and yes, Reading and praying, those are things. Reading the Bible, praying, those are consistent things you need to do. Okay? To be led by the Spirit. But listening for it. Really trying to listen. Giving God time. And not just already making your mind up before you get there. Say, this is what I'm going to do about that. To God, what do you want me to do about it? Give him time. Read, pray about it. You may be very interested in how he speaks into you, how he leads you. Sometimes it's by circumstance. Sometimes it could be words that you hear inside. And that's, and that's true. People do hear things. You have to be careful that what you are hearing is the Spirit of God, though. Right? And that's where you have to be careful 
How do you know it? Because you continually are trying to be in God's word and does this match up with what the Bible says? If you can take that and measure it off of, does this match up with what God says? If somebody's telling you something inside your head or wherever else, outside your head, that you hear and you say, well, that's really not what, what God says to do, then you ought to think two or three times before you move ahead on that, okay? So there's a few things to watch for, but you are led by the Spirit. You become disciplined by the Spirit. Instead of saying, here's the penalty of the law, laws have penalties, don't do it, cut my hand off, okay? That was a law with a penalty, right? Steal something, cut your hand off. If you hurt somebody else's eye, they poke your eye out, okay? That is, a law with a penalty. Now it's not a very nice law, it's a pretty nasty law, okay? The Spirit leads you, and when you don't do right, He works through discipline, which is much more like a parent. A good parent says, you're not doing what I know that you should be doing. And so here's how I'm gonna try to help you understand but that's a bad pathway, okay? Discipline is different when you're one years old than when you're five years old than when you're 25 years old, okay? But everybody needs discipline. I don't care what age you are, everybody needs to know and hear and listen because you don't know everything. You never will. But it, if you, well, if you can listen to the Spirit, He will walk you through and help you understand where you went wrong. And He will convict you about it. And will He have things in discipline? Sometimes there's unpleasant things. Could be lots of things just inside that are, that are pretty jumbled up for a while. It could be something exterior in your life that happens, a circumstance. Okay, that you don't get to be in. It might be something that you don't exactly know what you missed because you made another choice and you walked another way. And God says, no, that's not where I wanted you to be. You may never know what I had for you, but understand this, it was better than what you chose. Okay, so that's being led by the Spirit with discipline. Okay. Let's go to verse 19 through 21, please. <clears throat> now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, arbitrary, witchcraft, hatred, very, variance, tribulations, yep. wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in ten past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow, there you go, it's pretty simple, right? Do those things, don't inherit God's kingdom. But what if you just mess up once? And you were reveling. What if you were out there reveling? <laughs> so, reveling essentially, 
<laughs> Reveling is, is actually, if you were looking that particular word up, partying, okay, alcohol and things. Now, lasciviousness is something else. Yes, <laughs> that's good. So, what happens if you mess up and you're being led by the Spirit? And you do something wrong, does that mean you did it and you go to hell? Okay, you're asking for forgiveness. So what if you did something and you weren't even aware that you did it? So you didn't ask for forgiveness for that. I don't know. Maybe you are maybe you're blind to your own fault. And you're not a baby. You're just a big baby. Right, right. <laughs> there you go. If you're a man child, right? And you don't make a good choice, but you don't even know what the wise choice is at that moment. You do something and you're really unaware. How? What? Well, well, but you make a choice, you make a choice to drink at some point, right? You make that choice to do it. So God will help you, walk you through, show you where you went wrong, okay? And you go through a discipline process. And it says those whom he loves, he disciplines. Right? So he's going to show you this is the wrong pathway. Don't do this. If you continue and ignore him, how many is enough? One should be enough, but some people don't ever How many? How many is enough where all of a sudden now you are a... What can we pick on? Wow, there you go. How many times have you created strife in somebody's life? Whoa, whoa. That's a little bit <laughs> hitting close, right? Strife. People that live to create strife in other people's life. Make a choice. So what's more important to you? yourself and the way you feel the things you want to do or God in your life uh, well I hope so I hope so there's where that choice comes in where he's not really talking about a person that knows God he's talking about people that don't know God they're choosing a lifestyle of this does that mean that you can go and create people's strife in people's lives and I'm not under the law, I'm all set. Nope, because he's going to show you, don't do that. That's not what I want you to do. Right? That's what he's going to do. So, that's the bad pathway. Now the good pathway. Verse number 22 and 23, please. Meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. 
All right, so here is the interesting thing. We're in this time, and if you want to act like God and do the fruits of the Spirit, fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, right? Those fruits of the Spirit, they're good things. And there's nobody that will tell you out there that love is a terrible thing. Or at least this. There's nobody out there who's made a law against loving. Now they may personally not love. And they may do things that are unloving. But they're not going to say, I'm outlawing love today. I'm outlawing patience. You cannot be patient any longer. Okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right? Right? No, they <laughs> So here's the thing, because these are pleasant characteristics of a person who knows Jesus. They're the fruits of the Spirit. They have people that have the Spirit in them begin to get these things over time their entire life they work through these things and as God disciplines them and shows them nope that's not the right way you should be more patient or this isn't the right time for that in your life you need to wait you need to have joy in your life and not be a miserable wretch every day of your life right you need to have kindness in your life and not mistreat people and you need to have peace and not have anxiety about everything in the world. And you need to have long suffering. That means you suffer long patience with other people. Okay? You need to be good, gentle. You need to have faith, right? And self-control. We'll, we'll talk about those things as time goes on in the series, but God does not make a law. Nobody on earth even makes a law and says, you can't have any more self-control. They don't have to teach that to most people. They are already just not going to have self-control, right? But the people that have self-control are the people in society that make society a pleasant place to be. The people that have no self-control create Black Friday and run people over for a doll, okay? That's the people, <laughs> that's the people that create an unpleasant society, right? So nobody's ever gonna say, everybody's gotta run everybody over to get that doll, to get what they want. I needed that 50 inch TV. So I took out six people on my way to get it. Okay? You don't have to teach people that. But you do have to learn from the Spirit how to have those things. Yeah, like, um, there was this one store that was giving away a 40 inch TV for a nickel. A cop went in there, handcuffed someone, I'm sorry, I can't, handcuffed someone, and he asked him later, and they had to keep running. Wow, that's because, something. Yeah, that's tough. So the most important thing, okay, the most important thing is fruit 
the fruit will look like what it comes from. I don't go to an apple tree and get cherries. Okay. Guess I might be able to graft a cherry branch on an apple tree, but it's still a cherry branch, okay? <laughs> it's not an apple branch creating cherries, okay? So I go to the right fruit to get, so, and I know what it looks like. If I want a pear, I go to a pear tree. If I want godly characteristics, I go to the spirit of God. And I see them in people that have God in their life and that choose it. And over time, I see them in those people. All right? So I am going to be that person to do what I'm supposed to do. Now, verse number 24 through 26. Okay, so here's the interesting phrase from that. If I live in the Spirit, I should also walk in the Spirit. Meaning, these are two different things, living and walking. Living, as I'm looking at it, says, here I am, this is me. And inside my Spirit, inside of me, is how I live in the spirit, okay, but I have, I have the spirit of God inside of me. How I walk is my outside. Okay, so the things that people can see, I can have Christ inside of me and not have him much on the outside. You can choose to live like that. That's not what Paul's talking about doing. He's saying, have him inside of you and let him change you. If you want all the things that you should have in your inside of you, okay, being on the outside of you, if you want God to reflect through you, you have to let him change you. You cannot remain the same the way you always were. If you remain the same the way you always were, then what was your life for? You'd be the right? You could be the most talented person in all of the world. And if you don't exhibit these things for Christ, you will stand in front of God someday and he will say, I knew you, but you did never walk. I was living inside of you. The most exciting being in all the world, the most powerful being in all the world, I was living inside of you, my spirit, and you never let me out. I gave you all the talents, I gave you all the abilities, I gave you all those things to do things to serve one another with. That's where it comes out, is serving one another, okay? So, helping on Sunday do something might be a piece of it. Serving one another. 
right? I want to walk like that. I want to choose to walk like that. And I'll tell you, it is a battle. It's a real battle in your life. You've got to come to some point and just say, I'm not going to live like that anymore. I'm not going to let whatever just happens to my life just happen. I'm not going to think that I am so wonderful anymore. I'm going to let God learn or teach me, and I'm going to learn who I really am. And I'm going to let him change me. And I'm going to let him help me become something better. All right? So we're going to go uh, over the next few weeks uh, over the verses, over not all of these verses, but we're going to do the fruits of the Spirit. We're going to talk about each one, what it means. We're going to talk about how do you live it out, okay? <clears throat> what does it take to live it out in reality? Because these are the only thing in your freedom that you have to do something, okay? Right now, someday they may be the only way you can live, okay? And the only freedom you still have. There will not be a law against loving somebody, all right? There may be laws about not doing lots of things, but being a loving person and doing something out of love is always going to be a very effective thing in this life. All right? So it may be your tool as you go out into the world to do something with it. Because God is inside of you, working inside of you, coming out of you, it will be your tool. If you don't have these tools, you're not able to use these tools, the fruits of the Spirit, then you will find you will not get very far in life with people, in places, at work, at school, in home, wherever you are. You will not get very far. Right? These are it. These are the things you need. These are what you need to be equipped with. Okay? All right, so next time we will go over love. Thank you very much.